We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. Robert Reynolds, Kobe Pierce, Juan Daniels. What a chaotic week in college football this past Saturday. Um, listen, we're going to get this. Georgia has entered rarefied air with the Kentucky win 16-6 to uh, this past Saturday. Uh, we're going to do a quick uh, review, right? We're going to get our reactions to the game. Uh, and then I want to elaborate more on why Georgia entered this rare air, if you will. Uh, also for you, stick around. We've got a new segment coming in. Uh, we'll, we will be bringing out and also the updated C, uh, DGD CFP poll uh, for your viewing pleasure. With that being said, Kobe Wan, how y'all doing? Hey, make, make it happen, man. Hey, we're, we're undefeated. Um, this is just kind of something I talked about at the beginning of the season. I had Georgia going, you know, uh, uh, 12 and 0, we got one more game to go 12 and 0, you know, I think we'll take care of business in the SEC championship and let's, uh, you know, let, let, let's go towards that college football playoff. I feel like Dave Chappelle playing R Kelly, holding all my money like this right here, because I watched all these top teams struggle, uh, extremely hard Saturday. So I'm, I'm like Dave Chappelle holding my money. Um, it was, it was just one of those days in, in college football that makes it so great. You know, I mean, in a bunch of games that had no business being moderately close, everyone played really close. I mean, it came down to some last-second field goals to keep two teams in the top four. You know, I mean, Tennessee, we'll get to those, them later, but, I mean, five didn't look good. At points, I thought LSU struggled with UAB. I thought at points Alabama struggled with Austin P. I mean, it was just a weird day. I mean, apparently, apparently, I, th- I think the grass was too hot all across the country. Um, but neither here nor there. Uh, let's jump into this review here. Let's give our instant thoughts on this game, right? I feel like this, for me, I'll go ahead and start. This game in Lexington Saturday was a Kentucky special. Play a physical brand of football, assert your dominance, limited possessions, Win and go home. No style points needed in November. You have a physical running back, Chris Rodriguez, that you had to go hit for four quarters. Will Levis, right? Will Levis you know, made some plays, but not enough. 
you know, you get out. Like I said, no style points needed. Just get the dub and go home. Uh, Juan, I'll let you elaborate a little bit further. What were your reactions to this game? I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, you know, we, we already talked about the fact that it was going to be a very physical game. You know, it just kind of reminds you of those old Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, just, you know, physical in the trenches is something we talked about. What I loved is the fact that we racked up 247 yards of rushing. Um, you know, and, and that's that's Georgia football. I mean, we didn't do great in the passing game. Um, but again, we didn't have to. We just wanted to be, you know, out physical them, you know, assert our dominance. And we got out of there with no injuries. That's I mean, you know, I, I can't complain as a as a Georgia fan. Kobe, what are your reactions to the game? I'm right there with Juan. I mean, you had opportunities. They were right there in front of you. I mean, it easily could have been you know, 28, 31 points to six. I mean, that that you miss a couple throws here and there. You miss a block here and there. You know, I mean, it's just kind of – I hate to say it, it's kind of how the Munkin offense has worked this year, I feel like. But it's like we're not not scoring because the opportunity's not there. It's just like the littlest things, the smallest overthrow, a holding call here or there, uh, you know, just something weird that kind of – idols early and it seems like you can't you didn't quite kickstart its way back and it didn't have to like like Juan said it was really physical they tried to run the ball at us we tried to run the ball at them you know they got a couple big chunk plays in the passing game that I'm sure all of us would have liked to have not seen but let's be honest I mean as much as we joke about their quarterback you know being this first round pick like there's a good chance he probably will be taken in the first round this year on frame and arm strength alone. So, I mean, it's a good win. You're 8-0 um, in SEC play for the second year in a row. I mean, only three, two teams have done it before you. You just got to be happy. Enjoy enjoy these kind of wins as much as the blowout wins. I mean, still a W. You know, you know I do – I think this is a perfect, trans, perfect transition into the game ball segment that I want to do. And – you know, I'm going to give my game ball to Kenny McIntosh because my man ran his ass off. And, you know, you look at it, you know, like I said, aside from the the short yardage situations and, and the goals, you know, the goal line situation, any like we were just moving the ball at will, running the ball, right? And this felt eerily similar to like 2018, 2019 type Georgia where you just run the ball so much. You know, you, you pass a little bit, but, it, you know, yeah, people want to criticize the passing game Saturday. I don't think this game was meant to be a passing game whatsoever. Kirby said it in his post-game conference that he wanted to get out of here, basically, right? Um, you know, kill like like you had limited you had limited drives anyway because that's what Kentucky does. They eat the clock, right? Hold them out outside of, a, outside of a touchdown. You hold them, you know, scoreless, right? Outside of that one touchdown, and then you just you know execute. Now, obviously, I think field goals are something that you want to turn into six. But like I said, you get out of there with a win. You know, you look at that fourth and one, if I'm not mistaken, that goal line stand where we could have just took the points to get it to 19 nothing. Uh, I would have preferred to do that. However, I understand you want to ensue that confidence in your offensive line. It just wasn't their day in the short yardage game uh, Saturday. That's just the way that took out. Uh, but as far as game balls, give me Kenny McIntosh. Kid played his ass off. Juan, who do you got for your game ball, sir? I, I'm, I'm I'm with Patrick here. You know, Kenny Mack and then, you know, who, you know, I, 
I was, um, you know, I'm not necessarily one of my favorite Georgia players, but he comes to that big time interception he had, you know, and, and Levis made a bad throw. I mean, made a bad read. I mean, he's, you know, should have goes down the bottom, you know, to the bottom and Ringo makes him pay for it. And I just think that, you know, if we're looking at, we go old school, you know, Pontiac, like that was the, you know, that I think that that was a game changer, um, you know, you know, for that, because again, you know, Kentucky's marching down the field with the, with intense. Uh, Kobe, what, what are you, what are your thoughts here? Are we doing a clean slate there? Yeah, well, I'll switch it up a little bit for us. I mean, I think you got to give it a little bit to Jack Podlesny. I mean, you put the field goals in front of him, the special teams handles it. You know, there's a bad snap on one of those field goals that Stetson gets down and he's still, you know, Pod has enough confidence in him that he still kicks it and makes it. I mean, it was, it, it rolled back there. You know, it's a long snapper's worst nightmare that, you know, ball's skidding across the ground towards your holder in a game where every field goal mattered. Um, and then just a big shout out, uh, you know, Keeley had that big interception, but just the defense in total, you, after this week, you've officially taken back, you're the number one scoring defense in the country. Again, you're averaging 11 points against a game. You've only given up 11 touchdowns in 11 games. I mean, you're not the, you may not be the defense you had last year, but I mean, 11 points a game and a touchdown a game is, is hard to beat at some point. Yeah, and listen, I think, you know, you, you talk about Pod Lesney, like, you know, Pod with the golden toe, as 6233 says. And, you know, with that win, right, this is where Georgia enters this rare air. Uh, only three team, only three programs have won the SEC undefeated back-to-back seasons, I think ever, if I'm not mistaken. And you, you look back to the mid-'90s with the Florida – with Spurrier ran Gators. Unfortunately, Juan, I think you remember that. Um, you know, then you look to Alabama and and now Georgia. So, you know, as Drake said, back to back, um, you know, listen, that's that's something to hold your hat on because that's not easy to do. That, put it, I got a question for that, Pat. What you got? And I could be wrong, and y'all might remember too. Did Florida win the East back to back and the SEC? Because, like, we didn't win the SEC last year. So, like, the SEC championship. But I don't yes. think Alabama did. Yeah, I know Alabama that yeah, they, did, they beat Alabama, I think, two years in a row uh, and then went on to – they had back-to-back national championships as well. But Alabama 08-09 did not. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they lost one NSC championship along that way too. Gotcha. So, I mean, <clears throat> nonetheless, right, like winning the SEC, your division back-to-back and going undefeated for that matter in SEC play, yeah. that's, that's hard as shit to do. When you really Florida, look at now that Florida team didn't go undefeated, they did go back to back, but they didn't go undefeated. I think that 2008 team lost to uh, Mississippi State, um, yeah, um, barely. But then and then they just went on a tear after that. Just yeah, absolutely it, it would have been. I think it was Alabama 0809 and Florida like 92, 93, 94, 95, something like that. Are the two the two other teams besides us? Yep. So I think let's see, hold on. Juan scored so many points, the refs gave some to the lizards. Is this true? This is true. Damn. That's fair. My <laughs> goodness. Now, so you know, listen, I think when you know th- this rare air is it's a situation of 
sustain success nonetheless, right? To put it nicely, Kirby's got this team. I'm just, it's just cooking, right? They're absolutely cooking. And right, you look at after the chaos that we talked about and what George has done, it's just one of these things where you're you're on this path to back-to-back, right? And, you know, I'm looking at it right here. It's, it's extremely hard, especially in today's, you know, landscape of college football to think that you could honestly go back-to-back national championships in a playoff scenario, right? There's been instances where you've had back-to-back natty champs, but it was BCS or even before. And so that's, to me, is what's impressive. And, you know, obviously winning the SEC East is just the start because now you look at, you know, obviously Wednesday we're going to be talking about uh, the nerds in Atlanta. And then, you know, obviously try not to look too far ahead, but then you've got a matchup against the Bayou Bengals, which uh, there's some receipts uh, for some ass whippings that are probably getting ready to get checked in um, next week. But, you know, final thoughts on this rarefied air situation that Georgia's hit. I think you could go, I think you could even take it further, maybe even a back to back to back next year, but that's also getting way too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But, but, you know, the thing I love about this Georgia team this year is they have use that they could have cashed in on you know you lose a whole bunch of to the first round um you know you're, you're basically in a rebuilding year and guess what if the georgia lost a couple of games i don't think anybody would have been mad. they wouldn't have been mad they would have been like yeah you know we we definitely lost a lot you know and we're recovering but georgia said you know what we're not we're not cashing that in you know we we have something to and you know we're going to Go out there and fight and do, you know, do just the year before. So when you talk about rare air, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the other thing too, is you look at those Florida teams is they didn't lose a whole lot. They didn't lose nearly as much as what Georgia lost. And yet Georgia comes back and just decides, you know what? Hey, I'm just going to go above and beyond to, to prove to you guys that, you know. They... Toby, what are your thoughts? I mean, I think it's. In my lifetime, man, a young guy on the block over here, you know, the back-to-back that Bama did, 11 and 12, I mean, that was just kind of the beginning or the cementing of the beginning of the dynasty that, that Nick Saban kind of built over there. You know, he won one earlier in his, I think, like, 08. And then he, a couple years off, and, I mean, all honesty, Georgia should have done the same thing, should have won one in 17, should have taken you a little while, and you get back and you win one. You, you know, you're kind of right now looking like you're on the fast track to a second one. And then, you know, excuse looking ahead because I hate to do it. But like you said, the schedule next year aligns even easier than the schedule this year has so far. Um, it, it just is one of those things that you have to enjoy it. You have to know that, um, you know, it, it may be something that you're, you're going to get to start seeing us reload each and every year because it's still a young team and this is a team that's one game's injured. I mean, you haven't had AD Mitchell all year. You that's just scared. That's just scared. Carter, yeah, you know, five or six games really. You've only had him healthy for about what two or three. You know, you. I didn't even see Arian Smith on on the field against Kentucky at all. I don't know if if Darius Senior knows anything about that in the chat, but like. I mean, they're just guys that are that are big parts of this team that 
haven't played this year and you're still winning and you're still dominating too. So that's the thing that just gets you excited to know that this isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and Pat says here, but we have to go to Rocky Flop next year, which leads us to the introduction of a new segment. But we're going to take a quick break first, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this new segment. So stick around, and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, folks. With that being said, right before the break, we had our we had our uh, commenter Pat talk about Rocky Top, right? Them volunteers. Um, but here is a new segment that we're going to introduce, and I think it's a little it's a little bit late, but it's better late than never. And the new segment is called "Sorry for Your Loss." Let us explain. Sorry for your loss. We take a team, multiple teams, for that matter that lost Saturday or whenever they they played this week. Uh, and we, we, we pontificate upon that. Um, and what better way to start than with those lousy ass Tennessee Vol fans? My God, how much shit we've heard from Tennessee ever since we played them. And even before, even before when we played them, the grass was too high. Couldn't do it on a neutral field. Right? All this bullshit. All of it. We're going to get back to the playoffs. Y'all can't beat us here. Blah, 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 blah. All this rambling and all this trash talk. For you to get utterly embarrassed by South Carolina Saturday. South Carolina destroyed you. Saturday. However, I'll give you credit. It wasn't in it wasn't in Neyland Stadium, so probably you could win them on a neutral field. But nonetheless, your ass got obliterated by South Carolina. And the beautiful thing about it was this: sixty-three to thirty-eight. Just let's set that. Let's set that in, guys. Sixty-three to thirty-eight. Spencer Rattler hasn't looked good all year, and you made him literally have a, a case for a Heisman camp, uh, campaign just off of your game. It's that simple. You're an overrated-ass fucking team, and you're dog shit. You can't handle the big dogs and just proved that South Carolina was too much for you. It doesn't matter what you think now. There's no chance for you to get into the playoffs. None. None. 
you sitting there sweating about listen, you you could have sweated Tennessee, could have sweated, you know, the Michigan game, you know, the TCU game. It don't matter anymore. It don't. You'll be lucky to make the Citrus Bowl. You've got a team that's coming up, it's November. And you've got to worry about, you know, checkering Vanderbilt Stadium. Good luck trying to beat them. I'm not going to sit here and bash somebody for getting injured. Listen, I hope Hendon Hooker a quick recovery. Never like to see injuries. But that you please do not use that as an excuse for that aspect that you took because y'all were down 17 when he went down. It wouldn't have mattered. You got your shit pushed in by the Gamecocks. And since you like to compare, that's a team that only scored seven on us. So keep that energy when you go to Vanderbilt and if you might make it to the Citrus Bowl. It's that simple, folks. Your season's over. You're garbage. You exceeded expectations, but nowhere where you thought you went when you shit-talking all season when you started winning them games. It's that simple. Kobe, Juan, do y'all want to pontificate upon that? Uh, I can I can start. I think you reached a you know hit a lot of the points. I think sorry not sorry. Um, for me, sorry would be I am sorry to see Hendon Hooker go down. I mean, it, it, it's just a terrible injury. You know, it's a it's an eight to twelve month recovery. He's already twenty four. He's in his last year. He's probably as much as you hate to say the fast track to at least top two in the Heisman voting. If he continued to play the way he did, you know, I think he was less than 100 yards from being the all-time leading passer in UT history. I mean, the kid was on a record-breaking track on a on a above-average team. Um, not saying they win the game if he doesn't get hurt, but you just hate it because he's not going to be able to throw at pro day. He's not going to be able to run at pro day. He's not going to be do, able to do anything going into this draft after such a great year such hard work. I really do feel for him more than anything. For Tennessee fans, however, I don't feel bad because at some point you do have these teams that, like we talked about last night, if you would have came to Tennessee fans in August and said, you're going to have a 10-2 and two season, would you take it yes or no? A majority of them would say, yes, I would love to have a 10-2 season. We haven't been 10-2 and two in forever. The problem is when you start seven and zero, I think that's right. Seven and zero, and beat Alabama, number one in the country. You've tasted what possible playoffs may taste like. You come in and you slip up against Georgia, but you kind of take a step back and go, "Well, that's okay. We're at five. Two teams ahead of us still have to play. You know, we're going to be eleven and one with the best loss." in the country possibly. You know, the playoffs really were still ahead of Tennessee. And then you just come in and for whatever reason, everything kind of catches up to you. Everything we've been saying about them, you know, your defense, your passing defense, you know, that fast tempo that makes your defense be out on the field for a long time, it all implodes in one game. And you get 63 hung on you. And that's just embarrassing. And it – it's not something that an elite program would ever let happen to it. Uh, 63, you know, listen, I'll, there's someone in our chat that thinks that, you know, 63, all you got to do is minus the eight, and it's 63 to three. Think about that right there. Obviously, there's more than three points on the board, but listen, I'm just letting you all know. 
ain't never seen I ain't never seen South Carolina's offense look that explosive. <laughs> Period. Spencer Rattler was comfortable. You know what that tells me? That defense is ass, folks. It's garbage. We knew we knew it was coming. Like they've been playing a fine line. Like basically, it seemed like Tennessee was comfortable with saying, "Okay, we know, but we're going to score more points on you." The problem is, this is exactly what happens when you don't have a good day throwing the ball and scoring points. You scored, but your defense couldn't stop a damn cold. Like you couldn't stop anything. So you sit there. You listen. All credit to the Gamecocks. All credit. But that team against Florida last week didn't score an offensive point. Their their touchdown came off of a special teams touchdown, folks. They got seven. They got seven points against Georgia. And that was literally in the last minute. The offense is one. Hmm? Give it to them. Tell them, Juan. Uh, I mean, Gators putting them on on South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that, that, that was just bad. I mean, Spencer Rattler is not a good quarterback. He's not at all. And for him to have 438 yards, six touchdowns, that's that's just bad, man. That's 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 a creative player right there. That's a cre that's a yeah. that's a creative player on NCAA football. Those yeah. are the numbers right there. Yeah. Uh, Rudes, I think I'm gonna bark reading that comment. Whew. Summary of me today: You bombed out and depleted like Afghanistan. Oh, it's the haters' ball. Oh. We also have to talk about Juan's beloved Florida Gators. And, no, that's you uh, mean you mean Adonis's beloved Gators, and the that's not mine, and the choke job at Vanderbilt. Uh oh, is this sorry for your loss? Is this Kobe sorry for your loss? I mean, it 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 can be my sorry for your loss. It it just I'm not gonna act like we didn't tell you because we did. We told you that the a first year head coach struggles. They do. They they always have. The only one I can think of that's exceeding a bunch of expectations right now is Dan Landing. And even he had a rough game, you know, two weeks ago against Washington. But it's just hard. I mean, Kirby Smart lost to Vandy his first year. Nick Saban lost to ULM his first year. You know, all these Florida fans who are like, oh, Billy's the answer, Billy this, Billy that. It's like you get beat by Vandy. You let Vandy score 38 on you. And now all of a sudden, people are jumping ship on Billy. It's like what, what's sad is that Chuck Chuck Lee is the first year head coach at Vanderbilt. So for you know to be a first year coach at a premier program like Florida to get beat by a first year coach at trash Vanderbilt. A second, ain't it? That's his second year, I thought. Yeah, I think it's his second Chuck, year. Is it his second so, year? It's his second it year. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's still, still, the, still, it's, it's still, Vanderbilt, it's bro. Still. <laughs> it's still Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. Well, and it didn't happen. I think the other thing that's it'd been one thing, like you always talk about the old fake field goal or the old block field goal that beats you, you know, but it wasn't that. It was Vanderbilt dominating that game. I mean, they scored 38. They were up by 17, I think, at one point. Yeah, they were, uh, they were, yeah, they actually had control of that game. 
And if I'm not mistaken, you know, they kind of let Florida back into it. They, Florida had some momentum. It just wasn't enough. And then it, it seemed like Vanderbilt's defense kind of like held their ground and, and, and forced a fourth, you know, basically a four and out, I think it is, uh, for the game to be iced out and be done. But, uh, you know, but nonetheless, though, man, you look at like, you know, look at what Clark Lee's done at Vanderbilt quietly, right? Like everybody wants to shit on Vanderbilt for being terrible. But and they are. at the same time, though, like what you know, we're not looking at it on the same level as like Sam Pittman. Right? I'm not going to do that. Your boy. But we are going to you have to take into context just how bad they are. And the fact that they've won two conference games, one in the SEC East, which hadn't been done in a while. You know, that's to me, that's impressive. And and Vanderbilt will never be the more talented team with anyone else in the SEC for the foreseeable future. But you can't tell me those guys didn't play with a bunch of fucking effort, though. Oh, listen. Strap your chin straps on this weekend. They played Tennessee. Tennessee's been talking a lot of junk. They want to check her up Vandy Stadium. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Vandy goes three in a row, but I'm saying you better it's a reality check if you're Tennessee. All your air just got taken out of your tires. You're thinking playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. And now you're thinking, oh, well, we're going to end the year playing at, at Vandy. Watch out. Yeah. Pat, Pat brings up they – didn't, they didn't lose, though. But, he, you know, he does bring up a good point, though. Let's, let's talk about the teams that we thought that should have had easy games last year or, I mean, like this past Saturday – that struggled. There's no reason. First off, I'm not a fan of these cupcake games in late, late November. I just, I'm just not a fan of it. But when you have A&M struggling to a fucking UMass team, that's basically a loss winning in itself. It's a moral loss. Like, did you, did you guys see Kyle Field right after halftime? Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was pretty bad. I mean, that it, it looked, looked like, like Afghanistan. Uh, it was bombed like a, out and depleted. High school stadium in January. Like, absolutely nobody out there except for kids running track. I mean, there was no one there. Yeah, I, I honestly, man, like, it's going to baffle me. Like, it won't baffle me either way, I guess I should say this. I should backtrack a little bit here. A&M has put themselves in such a damn bind by thinking that it was smart to keep Jimbo and extend that contract to that level that they did. Like, you have to be fucking ret- like you just have to be stupid. That was close there. Yeah, that was close. Uh-huh. Yeah, can't be throwing that out on the pod. Nope, nope, nope. I, I saved myself there. Um, can't be Marcus Stokes though. Sorry about that, <clears throat> Gators fans. Uh, but nonetheless, though, man, like it's just you put yourself into a, a ridiculous situation. How do you respond to that? Because right now you've lost a team. It seems like there's no control on the on the program. And now your fans don't give a shit either. Well, I think I heard it on game day, you know, and this is just embarrassing just for any college program. I think they were 33-point favorites in that game, something like that, 34-point favorites. And on game day they said that's more – they're favored by more offensive points than they've put up all season. Like, in no game have they put up as many points as they were favored to beat UMass by. 
And then they still didn't put up that many points again. Yeah, I think the best part of that game was the drunken relay it looked like in the stands. <laughs> in dead serious. I got, listen, I understand it was raining, right? And I understand when the ball is completely saturated, it's hard to throw. But there's no reason for, for that performance to look the way it did. Like, that looked absolutely horrible. But, um, you know, listen, we've talked a lot about these. Juan, I think you have someone special uh, for yours, for your submission. Uh, can you explain yeah, on yours? My, my, my see Tar Heels. So I know on our last podcast, <laughs> there was talk, you know, UNC being, you know, uh, 11 and it was, and then them having an opportunity to maybe win the ACC and then slide into the college football. Um, I, I saw something that on Facebook last week, you know, with May and then Josh um, Downs, uh, that's Caleb Downs' brother, y'all that don't know, but they had him and they were Drake and Josh, the little on I think it's like Nickelodeon or Disney just how great they were so it's just setting up for this whole big you know uh clash with you know Clemson for this AC championship both of them are 11 and 1 11 and 1 and they lost to Georgia Tech the armpit of the ACC like worst of the worst. they lost to they fired their coach Georgia Tech is just awful. You are one of the highest scoring offenses in the nation. You've got ranked freshman quarter in the nation that they were talking about. Hey, man, his name needs to be put up there for some Heisman talk. And you score 17 points against. UNC, what happened? That was bad. Yes. And that's right. Tech, yeah, yeah. Tech is down to to uh, so they're, they wasn't even their starting quarterback. And then the starting quarterback, who was a sophomore, ended up getting hurt. <laughs> and then they put in a, another guy that uh, I can't even name. It's like Tyson's, you know, former. It was. It was. It was a former. He was not. He was a former Clemson guy. He transferred out. Oh well. E- either I way, was, I think he was. I think he was a backup, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up. He ended up throwing a pick. I mean. So you mean to tell me, and I wonder what, I don't even know what the spread of that game was. It had to be almost 100 because that's how bad Georgia Tech is. And Georgia Tech goes and beats UNC at home, probably in front of maybe three, four fans. You know, I mean, basically basically all you had to do was send the, send the folks eating. 21, did, 21, 21 points UNC's way was the spread. Dude, look, yeah, you know, like I guarantee you, dude. All they did was they put a Waffle House guest, like the, the people eating the Waffle House, and just moved them over into the stadium. That's what happened. Like nobody goes to watch these games. Let's be under over was sixty four. Oh my god! Wow. It, well, it didn't even get close, did it? Not even. Not even. Twenty one seventeen, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, twenty one seventeen. Oh my god, that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Uh, um, I think we're going to do an honorable mention. Actually, no, this is not an honorable mention. This is worthy. Miami. What happened? You couldn't even get 100 total yards of offense on Clemson. Now, during the summer, during the summer after y'all got, you know, the Messiah Mario Cristobal over there, I heard a lot of Miami fans saying Clemson better watch out. Yeah, they better watch out. Hey, better watch out. Yeah, that's what I heard. 
Darius is, is reiterating what I'm about to say. Miami is garbage. Miami sucks. Miami ducks. And, and he's not wrong. They are a duck. Fight me about that. They they look atrocious. I hate to use this word, but they look almost unfixable. Like, I mean, they think they have their guy for how many times in a row they think they've had their guy at head coach. And they just I mean, they just lost their quarterback to Florida. They, you know, I mean, they it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon. I'm just I'm just letting y'all know now. Florida State is the best team in Florida, and it ain't even close. It's not even close at this point. It's not. What's interesting though, you know, you see the recruiting aspect of things, and Miami, Miami did get Kermani from Florida, right? Over Florida. But how much is it gonna matter? Like, like I understand he's doing what he's doing with Manny's players, but there's still too much talent to be getting shit on that bad. That is that is unacceptable. And you say he has Cormani for now. Ain't not been signed yet. He might I go mean, to Jackson State with this point. I'm just saying, uh, at some point, you know, in the world of recruiting today, until you sign that dotted line, and even then – there's nothing guaranteeing that Cormani McLean suits up in a Miami Hurricanes uniform ever. You're not wrong, right? And, and Rudes brings the garbage can out of it, and you're right. Like to me, I'm looking at it here, right? This is this is setting up the the overall college football playoff, and I think this is going to be a perfect transition into our, you know, away from the sorry for your loss segment. We always talk, you know, you, there's so much talk about expansion of the playoffs to 12 teams. Dude, there ain't even four teams right now that's worthy of being in the damn playoffs. You, there's really not. Like, unfortunately, Miami and Ohio State have to play, so one of them will lose. Michigan and Ohio State. Sorry. Yeah. And Either they both way. are, you know, Michigan should have lost last week. You know, Illinois, that was just stupid coaching. Stupid. Hey, let's just try to hold the ball and not, you know, not, you know, let, 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 let's play to lose, not win. And then Ohio State, I mean, really, really struggled with, with Maryland. And Maryland is trash. Don't let that score, that final score between the Maryland-Ohio State game fool you. Oh, it wasn't because... even, I mean, and that last, it was a pick six. He threw the, you know, he threw a pick six at the end to give, give him that higher score. Other than that, it was, I mean, it was like, what, 30? 36 to 33 or something like that. Okay. 36 to 30. That brings Shout out TCU for some of the cleanest special teams play. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of time. That was pumped watching it. Yeah. There was so much going on, man. Like in that 15 second span, they run the ball. If you didn't watch, go back and watch this, but they run the ball, get like four yards. The entire offensive unit just hauls ass off the field. Meanwhile, the entire special teams unit hauls ass on the field. Kicker doesn't get set. He literally just stands there for a second. And then as literally as time expires, he kicks the ball and right through the uprights, right dead center. Oh, yeah. Like 40, I think it was perfect. like 42 yards or something. Not to just mention, dead center. Not to mention 
what offensive linemen have to stay on the field, what offensive line like. There are just so many moving parts to that to say we have 15 seconds. We have, you know, and they kicked it with three seconds left to go, which is what you're supposed to do. So yeah. really we have 12 seconds to run part of you off the field, a bunch of you on the field, and kickers are so mental. Like, they normally – I mean, you look at Rod before he kicks big field goals, like back when he was here, and he takes eight seconds to get set up. You're basically asking your kicker, hey, take your regular steps in two seconds, and we're going to stop this thing. The, the kicker didn't even step. He literally got in place and just said, I'm kicking it from here. Like the, the one thing about it though, that coach did say that they practice that and you know practice that in practice, but like, yeah, I, I guarantee you as a player, you don't think that that's ever going to be a situation until you're in it. And you're like, oh shit, this is seriously happening. So when you look back on that, like the, the coaching and the the players are going to sit back and be like, all right, I'm going to take this shit serious now because we just experienced that, especially well, with what was at stake, especially what was at stake. Right, like to to execute to that level, that's not easy, folks. There was no timeouts. You're in this weird place too, as Baylor, because Baylor had two timeouts. They could have called timeout, kind of got the mojo, you know, ice ice the kicker, whatever you want to call it. But as Baylor's coach, you're going, wow, can they get eleven guys set up, set? Snap, hold, kick, and make Aranda, it. Aranda had to be thinking that this wasn't going to get kicked. Like, let's be honest. I don't know if if he had the idea that it was actually going to get kicked because, like I said, up until four seconds left, that shit was pure chaos, without a doubt. Because at four seconds, that was when everybody finally stopped. You have to wait a second. So it hits three, and right before it hits two, they snap it and kick it. And it's just – you that's just a sign of a well coached football team. Well, yeah, that was, team. It was it looked good. It was it was awesome. And they said they 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 practice that all the time. But I, I wanted to say, I, you know, you see Joel says I love the new trash talking segment. I wonder how Utah did this this past weekend. Oh, Joel, are we coming back on this? Let's come back on this. Uh, you held a gargoyle. You let a gargoyle beat you, by the way. And your your quarterback. Turn the ball over like a damn pastry chef. Like he was getting so paid. Turnovers. So he many was, turnovers. Like like he was getting paid. I mean, honestly, Utah had a they they had their way paved for them to get to the get to the uh, Pac-12 championship, and now it looks like it's going to be USC and 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 Oregon. I mean, just which I'm telling you right now, that's going to be honestly, that's going to be a damn good game. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Uh, you know what, though? In all seriousness, though, away from away from the Utah USC side. USC is Tennessee West right this second. They and actually – just. I hope we have the ball last right now. Yeah, because – yeah, like, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're not, well, they're they're not picked, stopping anybody. Well, they picked off DTR. DTR had a couple turnovers, but – Three. He had three turnovers. Yeah. Cost UCLA that game. Yep. But yep. still, they are – we think we can score more points than you can. Good I mean, luck. listen, I mean, in all seriousness right now, I think you have to look at Caleb Williams as being a front runner for the Heisman. Dude is dude's balling the fuck out right now. But there's a lot to be desired on defense, a la a typical Lincoln-Riley team. Like It just sounds so on par, on brand for a Lincoln-Riley-led team. It's just – 
just one of those things that I wish we could all like rethink about how we think about the Heisman because is he really the Heisman candidate when that's what their offense is built to do? It's kind of like Hendon Hooker. Like, yeah, you throw the ball 50 times a game. Eventually, yeah, you are going to have a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of this, a lot of that. I mean, that's what USC is trying to do. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things like Caleb Williams has put up impressive numbers, but is he truly the best player? You know, if you're if you're getting a – is he the most impactful player on his team across the whole country? Yeah. Anyways, Joe. Uh, Joe says that she didn't watch the Utes that night, so it never happened. I did. I stayed up all type of night watching that game. It was a good game. Like you, you look back at UCLA, right? Like the UCLA UC or the UCLA USC game, brilliant game. And then the Oregon Utah game was a was a thriller too. Like the the Pac twelve has been excellent. Like in regards to like to your top four teams, brilliant football. Like brilliant games. Roots is laughing over here. Roots, man, that was cold blooded. <laughs> bang, bang. No, so <laughs> I guess it's a good trend, a good time to switch over uh, to the updated DGD CFP poll. Right, obviously Tuesday is when the the poll comes out. Um, but here are our uh, submissions for your top 25. Obviously, listen, the top four did not change, right? So it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Ohio State – or, sorry, Michigan, excuse me. It's going to be Ohio State, and it's going to be TCU. Right? The four undefeated teams still remaining. Things are about to change in the top four, though, this upcoming week. But – after the four, this is where it gets juicy because because those stinking ass Vols want to sit there and get obliterated on national TV and embarrassed. Now you look at a complete shakeup of the top ten. So at number five, you have I have USC jumping over LSU. You have to give credit for them beating that ranked team the way they did. You have to give them credit and merit there. So I've got them jumping over LSU for number six. LSU is number six. Then Clemson vaults over Alabama for the seventh spot. Alabama will be your number eight. Number nine is Penn State. And to round the top ten, give us Oregon. Listen, you, you have to credit Oregon for winning that type of game. You know, at, even at home with Bo Nix, but that was that was a candidacy. That was a moment for Bo Nix's candid Heisman campaign. Good Lord, say that three times fast. Um, to me, right, like that's a big time win. But the fact that he played hurt and still, like, there, you're basically limited offensively, and you still went out there and willed yourself to a win. Like that right there speaks Heisman moment right there. What, what do y'all think about that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Kobe. <laughs> you know, 
I think he's going to – I don't know if he wins it, but I think he'll be in the Final Four. I think he'll be in New York. For the, I, mean, I think that's a listen, fair – I think that's a fair statement, Juan. I don't, I don't think he wins the Heisman, but I think he solidified himself a spot in New York potentially, especially I, I, how they I, how I, they handle Oregon State. I don't think he wins it. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. I think, I think like I said, I think the front runners at this point should, in my opinion, the front runner needs to be Caleb Williams and Blake Corm. Blake Corm is an excellent running back, and nobody wants to look at the Heisman outside of quarterbacks. Put well, some respect he, he on his name. I mean, it, it didn't. It didn't help him last week. He got hurt, so he didn't play a lot. So it'll just depend on. He's got an opportunity to do it this this week. If he can do it this week, and maybe possibly play in the in the Big Ten championship. And that that'll help him out. Outside of that, it's going to be going to kind of be on the yeah. outside. Yeah, but I mean, but, but the only the biggest argument I could give for Blake Quorum is he had over a hundred yards, and then he went out hurt, and then it looked like Michigan didn't know how to play football anymore. It, it, you know, I mean, it looked like all of a sudden they weren't a top five football team without Blake Quorum, and they me, looked that's, like a top fifteen team. They they played horrible. It just becomes one of those things that he does matter. That shows how much he matters to the success of Michigan this year. You know, if they play Ohio State this week without him, good luck. You know, we'll talk about that. On <laughs> good night, no, no good at that point. I have a chance this weekend to really show. Um, you know, Bo Nix will have an opportunity in the championship to really, you know, kind of help himself. Although, if you really look at it, I mean. You know, you're playing against Pac-12 defenses that are just about as good as the Big 12 defenses. That's just not very good. You've had a lot of people score a lot of points on USC. I mean, heck, Utah beat them in overtime, but it was 43 to 42. It's almost like a, a a passer's dream to play against that secondary. So, does that really warrant him? You know, a you know Heisman numbers playing against a, a porous defense like that. And I think looking at our our poll, I think uh, some people may be shocked to see that we have Clemson hopping Alabama. I don't know that I believe that Clemson is the better team. I still think Clemson is a very bad Awful. football team. Trash. But I do think that the committee is always going to favor one-loss conference champions. And I do think that they are still on this easy path you know, you got to play South Carolina this week. They're on this easy path to being 11-1 and an ACC conference champion. I think, however screwy it might be, that the committee is going to leave them a back door into being in the top five or six. It, it just Oh, that's 100% possible. It just feels like it's still going to happen. Uh, dude, that's a very good possibility. to Like, obviously, listen, TCU-USC went out. Right, they're in. There's no question. But if something happens between one of those two teams, then you're looking at a one-loss Michigan, Ohio State, right? One loss, whichever who loses that game. But the strength of schedule is garbage. You also have your Clemson if they win out and win the championship. Like there's a chance that you might see that happen. Now, if both TCU and USC lose, shit's about to get serious because you're going to see, in my opinion, more likely a two-loss team in the playoffs. Oh, it'll be Alabama for sure. It'll be Alabama. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I didn't have 20 penalties on a goddamn playoff game. Absolutely. It'll be, it'll, what? It'll be, I mean, it, it, again, this is, this is the college football playoffs. They want to see, I, I, I'll be honest, I mean, 
mean, and, and, and this is just me. If I'm a, if I'm on the committee, I don't want to see T. I, I really don't. Like if, if I want marquee games, I want to see Georgia. I want to see either Ohio State, Clemson. I want to see Alabama and somebody else that's high profile. You know, again, what was the the viewer ratings for that Georgia Tennessee game? Wasn't it like something crazy? Thirteen million. Exactly. That's a lot of money. So if you're putting football playoff, you're going to want some teams that's going to draw names. The only people that are going to be looking at TCU are people that are in Texas, and and you know they they're just you know they want to, but that's not enough, and that's not going to you know make it look you know make it you know. Like people are going to want to watch. Well, well, well considering done the past, they've done the underdog story because they've had to in the past with Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And I mean, Notre, hold on, Notre Dame. Notre but, Dame they but, but they were trying to look for every excuse not to let Cincinnati in last year. And yeah. and I think we even yeah, talked about it last year, Robert, that, you know, everybody was, you know, they were saying, oh, well, people are saying that we don't belong. And oh, you did not belong. There were other teams that could have done a lot better than what you did or made a lot oh, yeah. better game than what you did. <laughs> Oklahoma State wins that game and Cincinnati's at five. Oh, yeah. Looking looking inside. Talk about a pure definition of game inventions because that's literally what happened. But you know, I'm looking at it this way, right? Like, you know, TCU might not be the big name brand, right? But USC, you might have some Lakers fans tuned in because the Lakers are playing like dog shit in the NBA. Well, we'll look might, at it too. And it's, not, I mean, and it's not Dodger season either. You know, it's it's more of a draw for USC because it in, in a couple of years they're going to be heading towards the big, you know, to the Big Ten. So this is going to be the Pac-12's probably last and only hope to even get into the Final Four for a while. I mean, and and, and this is going to be their best bet. You got Bo Nix leaving uh, Oregon. The Pac-12 is going to be down next year. So this is this is it. This is going to be their 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 chance. Will it happen? You know, I, and I think people are going to want to see that. They, if, if they sneak in at four, they want to see Georgia, USC. I, I, I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see, uh, you know, Ohio State or Michigan versus, you know, somebody, you know, big time as well. So if, if that does, if it, if it does play out, it'll be, be very interesting. I'm just saying number four team does not look – how can I explain this? In the playoff era, typically there is one semifinal – where it is an obliteration every year. Last year it was two. <laughs> Last year it was two. I'm just saying, whoever's in that four spot, more than likely, is not a happy camper because you're. I'm just saying, more than Georgia, likely, you're gonna enjoy your trip, enjoy your check. Your school gets cut. Your coach is gonna enjoy his bonus in his contract. You're gonna show up to Atlanta. And you're going to smile, take your ass whooping, and go back to the house and get ready for the next season and recruit off of, oh, well, we appeared in a college football playoff once. Just wait until you you were the missing piece for us to get over the hump. That's that's what it's going to be. Just wait until 12 teams can say that. Which for Sonny Dykes in a first year as a head coach at TCU, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's I mean, a, that's a to, huge say, for him. Yeah. to say, oh, we're, we were 13-0, yeah, we got waxed by Georgia, but, you know, it's my first year. We need I mean, you to get they over did just, in They my did just year. pick up a huge commit, though. Marcus Deal, I don't know how much y'all keep up with recruiting. That dude for TCU could be a stud. Marcus Deal, they just got him committed. Watch out. that kid. I, that's a kid that I think Georgia was looking at as well. 
Uh, but he, you know, I, I thought he could go to Texas. I didn't expect him to end up at TCU. So he goes to TCU. That's a that's a big time get for TCU, especially on the D line. Yes. The problem is like we've talked about, and we probably need to get to more more of the poll. But like TCU is basically that receiver. Without him, they look inept. Michigan this week without Blake Corum looked terrible. So they're one one person, and then Ohio State. I mean, we all know that Juan hates Ohio State more than maybe anybody. I mean, nobody thinks that they're legit. So you're really talking about you need three guys to stay healthy for all three of them to have a good playoff chance. That's a lot riding on not a lot of people. Especially this time of year. Uh, You know, Kobe did bring up a good point. So let's move on to the uh, number 11 to number 20. At 11, you have the Tennessee Balls. Number 12 taking a step up, UW, the Washington Huskies. 13, Notre Dame, 14, Florida State, best team in Florida, 15, Utah, 16, Kansas State, 17, UCLA, 18, Oregon State, 19, Cincinnati, and 20, Tulane. Any takeaways here from the 11 through 20? I don't think anybody cares. (laughs) I mean, it's about the right spot, I think, for Tennessee. I mean, at, at this point, this late in the season, you know, it, the only thing that, that is a positive is, um, you know, USC has an opportunity to to play a ranked um, Notre Dame team um, as well as a ranked Oregon team for the Pac-12 championship, which will help most, you know, their case for being in the, in the college football playoff. Outside of that, yeah. And I think the only people that care, if you throw the graphic back up, Just a second. Sorry about that. Yep, no worries. Are the fans of 19, 20, and 23, and 25? And for everybody listening, that's Cincinnati, Tulane, UTSA, and Coastal. Because if I remember right, one of the New Year's Six Bowls is still an at-large bid for for one of those. It teams. is the group of so, five. Yes, sir. So what really matters the, la- the last few weeks, honestly – is if you're a Cincinnati fan, you can be back in a New Year's Six Bowl for the third year in a row, including a playoff mixed in. Um, Coastal really kind of got the raw end of the deal. Um, I mean, you know, uh, awful what happened in Virginia. It really is. But also as a team who's hoping to continue to play football, you just lost a game out of your control to possibly being at at a New Year's Six bowl um and then Tulane who got dominated by UCF who ended up choking one the Navy this week you know it, those are the only people like Juan said outside of the top six that care about the rankings because honestly they're just all hoping they get the, the big check to build a new indoor by playing in the people either, it's the funny to me it's funny to me that people still don't give UTSA any credit they're not in two Right. And they beat Army, right? right. Uh, UCF can't, or, or is it, uh, I forgot who it was. They beat, lost the Navy, but like nine and two. And, you know, they're rolling UTSA. So, in my thoughts, I feel like they should be because you, you look at the teams that were in there, right? NC State, trash. Like all these teams, like you, you might wonder why Texas isn't there. Listen, a four loss Texas team, 
just because what they did at Kansas don't mean a damn thing to me. But like I understand you did something, but you're supposed to do that. I'm not going to give you an extra benefit when you can't sit there and take care of teams in your own conference like you know Texas Tech and like come on TCU. You got you got stifled by TCU, and TCU is used to giving up a lot of points, and you couldn't do that. Uh, I think another takeaway there before we'll wrap this thing up is number 24. Um, give us give us the Gamecocks, man. Like, like I understand they, they might not be the best team, but if you beat the number five team the way they did and as convincingly as they did, you deserve my respect for being in the top 25. So I'll give you, I'll give you 24. I'll give you 24. Um, with that, though, any let's wrap this thing up, guys. Any final takeaways uh, from the show? I'm ready for Wednesday. Ready, ready to see what what all the rankings really come out as, and get ready for rivalry rivalry week. Whew. And I'm really ready to beat Georgia Tech and keep them from being bowl eligible. That just is like the cherry on top of of knowing that they're five and six. Is that you can make them five and seven, and they can sit at the house for the rest of the year. Juan, what do you got to say? Um. If, if I could, you know, just say two things about the show, <laughs> as I'll put my, you know, put my thing up there, is that that Ohio State and are absolutely trash, just garbage. I hate you, I hate you, I hate your guts. That's what I'm catching. I'm catching those vibes right now. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I'll go back to the beginning of the show. Georgia didn't need the style points. You can shit talk that you can shit talk the performance. I don't care. I, I look at it as you survived, right? However you want to look at it, right? You won the game. That's all that matters. You you play tech, you beat the shit out of tech. Get ready for the SEC championship game. You know they're gonna be ready for that. Take care of business and let's make it let's make it back to back. Let's make it back to back. Not just the SEC East. Let's make it back to back in all of everything. Period. It's that simple. Um, however, uh Make sure if you're listening, subscribe, right? Leave us a review on the podcast platforms. If you're watching, like, follow, subscribe, whatever, wherever you're watching, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Um, with that being said, let us know what your thoughts on the uh, the new segment, right? Let us know what you think. I had fun doing that. I don't know about you guys. I had fun, though. I did. I enjoyed it. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's like the player hit his ball, but every week. <laughs> oh, man. Um, also, apparently the treasurer is saying that she hopes that the trash talk segment, sorry for your loss, brings in some money into the treasury because this gig is getting tough. Uh, if you'd like to support, listen, Super Chats in the YouTube. Um, yeah, just reach out to Joe. okay? <laughs> She's the treasurer. She deals with this <laughs> for the brigade. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, guys, let's let's come back to uh, Wednesday. Uh, get bring your uh, debate caps because you're going to need them. Um, we gotta we gotta we gotta talk tech. Okay, yeah. come prepared. Uh, listen, uh, Twitter posted this morning. Go back and watch some highlights of 1920 highlights. Juan Daniels making some catches on uh, what's his uh, what's his name over there? Uh, Bobby Dodd. I Bobby think. Dodd, yeah. A Bobby yeah. Dodd led team. Uh, you get to see some highlights there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, other than that, though, folks, let's wrap this thing up. Have a great day. We'll see y'all Wednesday. And go dogs.
Go dogs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.